lost sight, being all alone at the crossroads with a heavy load, going the wrong way, thought they were doing right, and then all of a sudden, heavenly light comes on. Struck blind, squarely by the truth. I'm so far from where you are, Lord, even the wise men seem to need a star. Heavenly light. Tonight, we're going to talk about to plan or not to plan. That is the question. To be or not to be. To plan or not to plan. Were you able to put? Oh, you did. Fantastic. See? That works. Well, you have like 30 minutes. And I wait till the last minute to send it to you. So it's that time of year again. Folks are making changes. How many of you have already broken at least one resolution? If you make them. Seriously? I know I have. Well, even if you don't call it a resolution, something you thought you were going to change, and I've already done it. A couple of you have. Yeah. It's that time of year. Again, people are making changes, adjustments. <laughs> Zachary says you can't break it if you don't make it. Some people are just reevaluating life, right? They're just trying to think back and see what they did this past year, maybe think about what they're going to do this next year. Every self-help guru on the planet has advice for you. Okay, you can log into any social media site and you're going to get plenty of advice. Even our fellow Christians are ready to give direction to make this your best year yet. But there are so many different ways you could go. I mean, in the space of five minutes, you can get five different things you could change or do for the year. And they're all important and you should do them all. Whatever. It's kind of overwhelming. Some of us may kind of do a holistic thing. Brother Rick talks each year about having like a word. It seems like you kind of use it like a theme maybe for your year. And you can tell when he talks about it that the things he does, he's trying to track back to that theme. Kind of a holistic idea. Or maybe your idea is just this one small thing. If I could just do this for 21 days or more. We just talked about habits. If I could just do this little bitty thing, I'd be ecstatic. And then a lot of us are falling in the middle somewhere. Maybe we're not as holistic as Brother Rick, but maybe we have more than just this little bitty thing. We land somewhere. Maybe what would help us is if we had a little bit of heaven. Here's where the song comes in. If we had a little bit of heavenly light shine on whatever area it is that God would like to see developed in our lives and go from there. We don't always think that proactively. Okay, We tend to be gut reaction people. Oh, God's speaking to me right now, so this is what I need to do without trying to be prepared for what may come in the future. We see times in the scripture where light is used to guide someone, whether to a destination or maybe to truth. So this... Uh, Song mentioned the star of Bethlehem, right? God planned for a star so the wise men could follow Jesus. That wasn't an immediate thing. And the star was there, but it took them a while. They had to use the star for a long time. It led them for a long time. Excuse me. Then we have tongues of fire in uh, Acts 2 in the upper room. The new converts, so to speak. When those tongues of fire set on them, I mean, we talk about that as being power and stuff, but remember, fire gives light as well as 
heat and, and force and things. And so these folks are now being covered with a light that shines life into them, gives them hope for the future. And then it was mentioned Sunday morning, but for the life of me, I couldn't remember if it was Brother Rick or Pastor. One of them mentioned Saul. Was it you? Or David, I mean. Somebody mentioned Saul Sunday. Was it you? Okay. <laughs> no wonder it wasn't Pastor. He wasn't even up here. Yeah. And that sudden light, right, that struck him down. Used this light to stop him. Now, he thought he was doing right, but it stopped him and redirected him to truth. So what I want to do tonight is I don't have a heavenly light for you. He didn't give me direction for anybody in this building. Turns out you're going to have to get that for yourself. But... We're going to do a reminder tonight about something we can do to be prepared for when a heavenly light might come. Whether it's a far-off heavenly light that we're going to have to follow for a long time. God's going to work a long time on a certain area of our life. It's going to take some time to do it, like the star of David, star of Bethlehem, sorry. Or whether it's that power-packed light that's going to just infuse you with life. Or whether maybe you think you're on a right road and maybe you're not and he has to stop you with a heavenly light. Whatever those may be, you can do some things to be prepared for it. And it's called planning. I think people consider plan to be a four-letter word. I mean, it, it is four letters. But you know what I mean. Connotation-wise, you know what I mean. Plan plan. We talked about this in leadership last night, but it's not just for people who maybe lead a department or lead a church or lead a business or just the leader of a family, the head of a family. This is for everyone to do some kind of planning. Flying by the seat of your pants may work in some areas, but not all. And if you fail to do any planning at all, you can, if that can cause you lost money can cause you lost time, and more importantly, it can cause you lost peace. Okay, if you don't, not every area necessarily, but there are things that that can cause if you haven't got a plan. So first, um, briefly, we know we need to plan for physical necessities. I mean, that's a, that's a given. Think about this way. Pretend we're all builders. We're all Bob the Builder, and we're going to build a house. And so you sit down and you make a list of everything you need, all the materials you need to build a house. I wouldn't really get past wood and nails. Yeah, nails. Maybe some drywall. Wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't get very far. So you order it. You call Menards or Lowe's or somebody. And one of those cool trucks comes with the little hook thing on the top. Those are so cool. And it picks it all up. And you just have them deliver it right in the middle of the lot. You've ordered everything. That's all you needed to do. It's there. And then the next day, the bulldozer comes because he needs to excavate the basement where you just put all the stuff because you didn't plan. And now you've got some, you know, what do we do with this? Now you're losing time because it's going to take longer to get that moved. You're losing money because they are charging you the whole time. They are waiting for you to move your junk. Um, <clears throat> we failed to plan, okay? 
without some even just basic planning, some people don't even have food to eat in the morning. I had to think about this. What do I have to eat in the morning? I mean, I do. I have something to eat in the morning. Sister Sandy is like the meal planner extraordinaire right now. Well, you're doing your weekly, you know, planning for what you're doing for food. And my mom and I, we make a menu every week. We're those people. We shop accordingly. Um, But think about it this way. If you didn't grocery shop ahead of time or make a plan ahead of time, and you're tight on money, you get up in the morning, everybody's hungry, but it turns out you don't have any food, now maybe you have to stop by fast food and grab breakfast, so now you have taken extra time because you had to go out of your way. You've spent money you didn't want to spend. It would have been cheaper to buy things as groceries because you didn't plan. Lost time, lost money. And if you're like me, going to fast food for breakfast usually means lost peace in that drive through line. Move. It's two lanes, but it doesn't split into the end. Don't you dare go around me. It's one line, and then it splits at the end. Okay, lost piece. Because you didn't plan. And then some things, of course, are more detailed, like the house. I mean, that's a serious thing, right? You might even, you know, want to use a pert chart or something to really plan a project like that. Serious stuff. Some type of planning, no matter how small or how big. We, we kind of get that. Most of us. We also have to plan for spiritual necessities, though. Do you take your spiritual needs that seriously? Do you apply the same kind of planning to maximize your prayer life or to maximize your Bible reading plan or to maximize your ministry? We've said it before. Everyone in this building has a ministry. doesn't have to be in a pulpit. doesn't have to be in a classroom, right? Whatever your ministry is. Do you take the time to plan that like you plan groceries or like you plan errands for the day? Okay. Um, I would like to encourage you to find a time to do some planning. Now, a lot of the things I see, oh, you've got to plan every week. Well, I have plans on all different levels. I have some things I plan for the year. I have some things I plan for the month. I have some things I plan by the week. Some things I plan by the day. You pick one. Maybe you just want to pick what you're going to do this weekend. Take some time to plan. And be sure to include things like, when am I going to pray? We all know. We all know. If you haven't set aside a time to pray, right? You're like, what? 87.62% likely to not pray that day because you didn't plan it ahead of time. Uh, Bible reading. Maybe doing a little Bible study. Okay? We need to plan so that when God's heavenly light comes to you and he's ready to do a work and start leading you in a direction, there aren't big piles of building supplies in the way. You've made some preparation so that he can walk with you now to do this work. That's the purpose of planning. We're going to look at... We're going to look at four areas of planning um, from the Bible. There are some illustrations in Proverbs, some planning the Apostle Paul did, some planning that God did, and then some planning that 
Jesus as a human when he was here did. Okay. Now, I do not propose that anyone needs to do planning to the level to which I aspire. I probably take it a little extra. A little extra. But pick something, okay? Don't have to be as intense as me. I did, though, just recently, you guys, set an Alexa evening routine. I say, Alexa, good night, and a series of things happens. And by the time I'm done with my Bible reading, she says good night and turns my light out. It's very cool. When I remember to do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling Alexa good night about every one out of every three or four nights, okay? So I'm getting there. But, um, yeah, that's how I plan. So in Proverbs, let's look at a few scriptures. Proverbs 6, verses 6 through 9. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. We have heard these more times than we can count. This is not new. This is a reminder. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. Hey, I saw some stuff about how you can freeze eggs. You know, now, while they're only $7 for 18, before next month when they're $10 for 18. Okay? But you have to crack them. You can't do it in the shell. It's a whole thing. If you want the link, I'll send it to you. Okay. Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her food in summer and gathers her sustenance and harvest. That's what it's saying. Using an ant as an example, not just because it works hard. We know ants are hard workers, but they do it ahead of time. Okay? I can wait till the last minute and write a really good paper, but somebody's going to know it wasn't my best because I waited till the last minute. We, yeah, we got into that last night, too. Um, it takes thought in the summer to be prepared for the winter. And this forethought of the ant provides the needs in the winter. Thank the Lord we live in a time so far where we have refrigeration and we have canning capabilities. Um, we have the manufacturing processes in place where they can manufacture canned goods for us. And we don't have to go and mill our own flour and hope we have enough to get through the winter. Did y'all know Sister Jeannie used to mill her own flour? Just always amazed me. And I, don't, I, you know, she didn't have to do it, though, to make sure she had enough for the whole winter. Because if she ran out, she could go get some. But we live in a day where we don't have to quite do it that way. All right? So be thankful. There are places in this world where they do still have to plan accordingly. But this is just a, is this a metaphor? Is this a metaphor? The ant, and the, it's just an example. I feel like there's a literary word there. Okay. So the ant. Then we look at Proverbs 14, 15. It says, The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. So the simple person, put in whatever word there you want to. Simple person just believes everything, just goes along, la, 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 la. But the prudent person is paying attention to where they're going. That means looking forward. Those students, you guys, they're back. They're all back. And so you walk across the quad or through the building, and it's this. 
and I am the one who wants to so badly just walk right in their path. But I don't, because I might get hurt. Um, but it's that, you know, they're back. They're not looking ahead. They're not paying attention. Had a kid show up to my 11 o'clock class yesterday who wasn't even in my class. Stayed for the whole class. We get to the id. I said, oh, did you add it? No, I'm not in this class. I have it on Mondays. Well, we didn't have class Monday. And so he didn't plan correctly. Thought it was the first day of the week. Came to my class. Said he enjoyed it. Look ahead. we got to look ahead. The difference between planning and not planning is whether, whether you look where you're going in the future or you just focus all your attention on your immediate future, the things right in front of you. That's that flying by the seat of your pants thing. It's all reaction. If you live solely by reaction, you're not going to have any peace. This is a big one on peace. It also really gets expensive if you don't plan ahead for things, too, if it's all by reaction. Um, but definitely peace. If you're not a planner, then you will be at the mercy of others who try to give you counsel about how to act now so you can be happy in the future. Okay, plan. So the simple believes everything. The prudent looks where they're going. He considers the day to come. Maybe you just need to plan tomorrow. Don't worry about planning the whole week if you're not a planner. Don't plan the whole week. Think about tomorrow. When am I going to pray? When am I going to fit in my Bible reading time? When am I going to find my time to get online with four or five other people and play the same game around town? Okay? But you've got to plan those sorts of things, right? It's, it's what we do. It's important. Um, let's look at Proverbs 24, 27. Here's another one. Prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself in the field and afterwards build thine house. So it's saying, you know, prepare your work outside, get everything ready for you in the field, and then go build your house. It's important that you're able to support yourself by the productivity of the field before you establish your own household. It's kind of like young people. Um, I just had this conversation with somebody Friday, actually. I said, oh, is so-and-so dating anybody yet? Nope, not going to. They've got to finish their degree and get a full-time job. Then they can date. You know, this was older aunts, you know, telling them how to do it. But this, it turns out the scripture backs it up. Oh, my goodness. Um, you need to have a job before you get an apartment, right, or a job before you get married. I and mean, there are things you've got to think about. You plan accordingly. Proverbs 31, 15 to 16. She riseth also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands, she planteth a vineyard. So, lady gets up. This isn't a scripture I necessarily ascribe to or want to emulate. She gets up before dawn. Bless her heart. Sister Allison's dealing with the getting up too early. And provides food for her household. She makes a plan for what the people that work for her are going to do. She thinks about whether or not to buy a field and then she buys it. That alone, that, that one line alone, she considereth a field and buyeth it. That's it. That's the whole thing right there. She actually thinks about it instead of just going and buying it. Okay, She makes a plan. Do I need it? Right? Do I have the money for it? Maybe I need to save up for it. She thinks about it. Now, I don't have to think about and plan everything. I, what am I going to have for lunch? It doesn't take me a week to figure that out. But I do consider things. When I was buying a desk, 
I still lived in the old house. I was looking at a desk at Ikea. I looked at it for two years before I finally bought it. And I had the money for a while. But I kept going back to Well, I kept going back to it. Is it going to fit really where I want? Is it going to do what I want? I went up there a couple times, and I sat at it. Because, you know, Ikea puts everything out. And I would pull a chair up to it, and I would sit there. People thought it was crazy. I'd pretend like I was working or what. Just to try to, is this going to work for me? Until I was sure it was going to work for me. <laughs> yes, two years. Thankfully, I bought it before it would, you know, like, discontinued. Um, she rises early and does all these things. Now, this lady is a model homemaker. How many model homemakers do we have in the building? You're a model homemaker, Brother Rick? I'm not even looking at your wife because for fear that the, the incredulity might. Yeah, you're both models. That's it. Um, oh, my goodness. This is a model homemaker. So granted, we're not trying to necessarily emulate everything about her life, but she brings out a couple of things. She gets up early and, well, whatever early to you is, I suppose. Bless your heart. And then she assigns tasks. She, if you have kids, maybe it's about a, you know, a, a chore chart or something, right? I know you can go out there and you can Google chore charts by age, and they tell you everything, right? When they're two, you can ask them to pick up, a, you know, their little blankie and go take it over here. They're not going to do a lot more for you than that. They're going to drag it out again. And when they're six, they can do these things. And when they're eight, they can do these things. She plans. She thinks about it ahead of time which means her house is at least sort of, you know, kept up for the five minutes before it gets torn up again. You can't assign tasks in your house if you don't know what it is needs to be done. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about houses here, right? I'm talking about spiritual necessities. If you don't know what it is you're needing to do, it's going to be hard to plan for it. Okay. So Proverbs tells us careful planning is part of what makes a person wise and productive. Remember when Brother Rick spent 2021 talking about, was it 2021 wisdom, Proverbs, or was that 2022, first two quarters? Yeah, yeah. We're talking about wisdom in Proverbs. Um, This planning makes you wise. How many of you want to be wiser? I do. I want to be wiser makes you wiser. Not to plan is considered foolish in scripture and dangerous. This is true even though it teaches us that we don't know what the future brings, right? It tells us that a man's mind plans his way, but the Lord directs the steps in chapter 16. But if we aren't doing any planning, like when am I going to pray? When am I going to Bible read? Oh, that ministry thing. Maybe I should make a plan about that. Well, for some of us, for Sunday school teachers, that means you're not waiting until Sunday morning put together your lesson and no matter what that preacher does okay we're ignoring that preacher that does that thing but Sunday school teachers there's a pastor out in the Seattle area where he goes and walks around on Sunday mornings and if he sees a teacher putting together something for that morning he sends her to the sanctuary and somebody else comes and teaches their class you're not teaching if you haven't prepared before Sunday morning I mean apparently he's pretty on it I think his idea is if you haven't taken the time to, to prepare, you also didn't pray about it, you know, because it all kind of goes together. Teachers were preparing before Sunday morning. Uh, t- 
teachers that teach in here were preparing ahead of time. Even pastor prepares ahead of time for messages. Doesn't mean God won't shine a heavenly light sometimes and change it on him in the middle of song service, right? But that's a, that's a God pastor thing, all right? Okay. Uh, that's why we plan songs for church. I don't know if you all knew that. But we plan a day ahead, sometimes a couple of days ahead. I'd like to be planning a, a month ahead, but I, I'm not there yet. But we plan ahead of time. Now, it used to be, I just had this conversation Friday too, before the Hiles came. During Sunday school, I would sit back in the pastor's wife's office, and we would make the list for the service that was going to start after Sunday school. That was rough. Now, at the time, it worked for us, but I know that it would have been better had we da-da-da-da-da, right? Plus, we only had, like, piano and, it was piano and organ and drums, right? We didn't have bass. We didn't have a guitar. We were all the singers. I mean, we were, we're kind of all there. But now, we try to plan ahead of time. So we do that so that we're not just flying by the seat of our pants. I don't remember if it was Brother Heil or one of our other pastors who talked about a time going and preaching at a little church one time. And they're in the, in the, during song service, and they said, okay, anybody want to come up and lead a song in the songbook? And um, no, it's good to plan. Oh, Lord, help us. It's good to plan. All right. The Apostle Paul, he did planning. Romans 15, 20 to 28. This one's a little bit longer. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they that have not heard shall understand. For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you, but now, having no more place in these parts, and having a great desire these many years to come unto you, whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you. For I trust to see you in my journey, and to be brought on my way thitherward by you, if first I be somewhat filled with your company. But now I go into Jerusalem to minister unto the saints, for it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. It hath pleased them verily, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. When therefore I have performed this, and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come by you into Spain. He sends them a letter and says, hey, I'm making a plan to come and see you. That was the whole point of the whole thing, right? He flatters them and stuff, but the whole point is, I'm going to make a plan, I'm going to come and see you. He didn't just get up one day, you see the people that throw a dart at a map and say, where are we going to go? Let's just go there. He thought about this. He, he made a plan because he wanted to go to places that God hadn't been preached about yet. He was trying to go spread the gospel, not just keep regurgitating it to the same people. He was trying to get the word out. He was planning his ministry. Okay, here's this typical example of how he carried out most parts of his mission. We can learn from him that it is essential to be productive. This is your personal ministry as well as your other types of ministry. We have a great opportunity coming up for you next week. 
to plan your ministry. We start connect groups next Wednesday night. And you are encouraged to bring a friend or a family member. You know, somebody may not want to come every month, but if you can get somebody to come with you, this is your opportunity. Folks, if you show up or call them at 10 minutes to 7 and say, hey, I'm going to go to, you know, do this thing, they're probably already made a plan or they're probably already in their PJs. You, you probably need to ask them ahead of time. Might be good, right? You got to plan. This is part of planning ministry. Great opportunity. Paul was the greatest church planner who ever lived. He accomplished more in his life for the spread of the reign of Christ than any other person. So we would do well to take seriously his method. And part of that was some planning. And he did it without Google, Alexa, your Apple Watch, even your day planner that you write in, right? He didn't have any of that stuff. Maybe he used, I don't know, parchment or something. He, he had a general guideline. He wanted to preach where no one had preached before. Oh, he was Star Trek. <laughs> Get it? He was the original Star Trek right there. Um, I'm very proud of that. He developed a specific plan. He would take the gift to Jerusalem. Then he would go to Rome to establish a base. And then from there he would go on to Spain. He had a plan. What makes this especially significant is that as far as we know, the plan didn't all come to pass, right? He got arrested in Jerusalem. When he went to Rome, he was a prisoner. We don't know if he ever got to Spain. It's just like we saw in Proverbs. God is the one who makes the future. Your plans don't always work out right especially when you've made a plan for all your errands for the weekend and then the car won't start. It's not always, like, life is still there. That doesn't mean we don't take the time. I know there are people who say, oh, well, whatever's going to happen, happens. So why do I even care? Why do I take the time? If you plan nothing else, it's that when to pray, when to read your Bible. Okay. However, God still uses the planning even if it falls through. If Paul hadn't planned to use Rome as a base of operations on his way to Spain, he might never have written the epistle to Romans. That's critical to our understanding of who God is and how we fit into the body, right? Um, Planning is crucial in in your Christian living and in your ministry. Then God himself gave us the ultimate reason to plan, and that's because we want to be like him. We want to be like him, okay? God has plans in the Bible. The family, a mother, a father, and a child. That's the plan of God. It's not whatever you feel like doing that week and whoever you want to be with. He, he ordered the family. He ordered the church, okay? These are, these are planning things. It wasn't just reaction to what was going on. Isaiah 46 9 and 10. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. He's planned the end from the beginning. He planned to go to Calvary and die thousands of years before we ever existed. Okay? He had a plan. Ephesians 1, 9 and 10. Having made known unto us the mercy of his will, according
according to his good pleasure that he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. He's going to unite all of us with him in heaven. He had a plan. It was purpose, purposeful. Acts 2.23, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain him. He already knew this was happening, and he made plans for it. He made plans for it. Since God is a God who does all things according to a plan, it behooves us to be like Christ. Okay, like God. Which leads me to the human time that God was on earth. Jesus had a plan. He had a mission to accomplish, and there was forethought and planning. When his mother urged him to do a miracle at the wedding, what did he say? not time yet there was a plan it's not time yet and then of course we know right she was a mom so she guilted him moms what is the deal with that Um, there was a plan and an appointed hour for the revelation of his power he would stay with the plan Luke 9 51 says when the days grew near for him to be received up he set his face to go to Jerusalem he knew that the plan meant death in Jerusalem he didn't shrink away from it he followed the plan the Father's plan, it was his plan, right? John ten eighteen. no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. So we see in Proverbs, planning makes us wise. Not planning makes you the opposite. Foolish. Okay. Wise, foolish. Um, the Apostle Paul planned. Almighty God planned. Jesus, when he was on earth, planned. Plan how you're going to spend time with your spouse. Now, for those, <laughs> for those of us single folks, that may not mean a lot, but if you've ever been in a married relationship, you understand the importance of planning time. Okay? I, I hope she likes riding in the car. Just saying. I'm just saying. It's going to be long rides. Uh, but you have to plan for that stuff. Because I know as a single gal, my days get filled up really fast. Then when there are two of you, both of your days are getting filled up really fast. And then you ever put a kid in the middle of that, there is no time. Or dogs. Even the fur babies get in the middle of it, right? You have to plan to spend time with a spouse. That's important. Also, it helps you save money. Because if you plan, you can plan ahead of time. You can schedule, blah, 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 blah. It's kind of like Sister Carissa and Pastor give, and Sister Sandy giving us the information about this trip real early. That was so you could plan. Okay? So you don't say, oh, we're going to Branson tomorrow. Do you want to come? Well, no. I've got six months to put aside $50, whatever. Okay. You plan. All right. Plan how you're going to spend time playing with and teaching your children. I don't have any. Thank the Lord. Oh, was it a birthday party last week? It was a toddler's birthday party. And the toddler was opening presents, and they were consumed by all these other little people. And they were in the way, and they were grabbing. And I'm sitting there going, go sit with your parents. Go sit with your parents. Somebody needs to go sit with their parents. But nobody did. Okay. 
Spend time with your children. They're yours. They're not mine. Okay? You have to make time. Even when your kids are adults, you have to plan time. They live, what, how many hundreds of miles away is New Orleans? 800 miles away? You have to, about 500 miles. You have to plan. Especially if you want to actually, like, see each other in person. I mean, maybe you can call more often. You have to plan. This hurts. I need to sit down. Plan how you are going to get the amount of exercise you need to stay healthy. Well, I worked that out. I'm teaching two classes this semester. Four hours apart, which means double. I hit 10,000 when I got upstairs last night. But you have to plan that. If you say, okay, now if you are that person who just loves exercise, like all day long you're like kind of sort of exercising, you go, bless your heart. Okay? But if you're like most of us, it's kind of like prayer. If you don't plan a time to do it, I'll just do it tomorrow. And then 40 and 50 pounds later, and a backache, you wish you'd went. Right? You have to plan. You have to plan that you're going to get and how you're going to get enough sleep. And here's what I have found. People who don't plan, they have to do everything at the last minute, which means they're getting to bed later and later because it's the last minute it's due tomorrow. That paper's due tomorrow, so you're up at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning finishing the paper. And now it's affecting other things because now you're not getting enough sleep. You have to plan how much you should eat. <laughs> and this is the best part. And how you're going to limit yourself. This isn't an area I plan very well at all, maybe, ever. This is one I need to work on. But you have to plan. Plan your vacation. That doesn't mean plan every moment of it. Now, if you go on vacation with me, I can give you a 30 minute increments of what we will be doing and where we will be. But that doesn't mean that's what it has to do. But you need to know where you're going. It's helpful to have made a reservation to a hotel ahead of time so that you don't get there and there's no rooms. Or there are, but they're the more expensive rooms, right? Um, if you want to go do certain things, if you didn't plan ahead of time, you're not going to get in. So this trip we're doing to Branson, another reason they give us extra time is because you can't just go to Branson and walk into Sight and Sound. It, it, they sell out months in advance, right? We have to plan ahead of time. Okay. Most importantly, plan how, plan how you're going to pray and meditate on the word. These are going to be significant parts of your life. And without them, you're going to have a hard time having peace and everything else. Plan to be at church every time. Now, I say that ironically because you're all here. You're the people who are here every time, okay? Other people need to hear that. Plan to be at church every time. Don't let life change your plans at the last minute. You had a long night and you're tired. Amen. Come and spend presence in the time of God anyway. In the, come and spend time in the presence of God anyway. Yes. You get sick, sure. But come to church. We'll pray for you. I'm not talking about the yucky stuff that you're too far away from the back of the building for. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, you're not feeling well? Come to church. Got a headache? Come to church. We'll pray for you. Your mouth still hurts from the root canal last week? Come to church. Listen to Bible study and preaching and let the word feed your soul. 
while your body is resting in these wonderful, comfortable chairs, right? It's good for you. If you have to, bring a pillow. If you need something for your back, do that. We're not going to care. We want you to be here. You have to plan to not let life get in the way. You have a fight in your family, and you think about just, uh, everybody's too mad. We're not even going to go to church. Come to church anyways. If one of you has to sit over there and one of you has to sit over there, fine. Come on to church. You can pick your argument up when you leave if you need to, unless God has worked it out in the meantime. Okay? Just maybe the time you have in the house of God will give you direction on how to fix whatever the thing was before you got there. Or it will give you renewed patience or understanding for those around you. Um, It won't just help you to plan once. Planning isn't a one and done. It's not a one and done. In the business world, planning is the first part of the four main parts of leadership. You have to plan first. Then you organize what you planned. Then you lead the people in doing it. And then you do something called controlling. You see whether or not you made your goals, your plans. Did you meet what you wanted to meet? And then you take those results and you make changes or not and you do it all over again. Okay, it's a constant circle. Planning is not a one or done. If I only plan to exercise once or one week, I'm not going to get much out of it. Right, you have to plan regularly. Okay, for example, this is the example. Set aside time each week to plan, especially to plan your life of prayer and your Bible study. Sunday is the first day of the week, not the last day of the weekend, and it belongs to the Lord. Maybe that's a good day to put your 10 or 15 minutes in to do a little planning for the week. Maybe it's Wednesday night when you get home. Maybe it's Thursday morning at 10 o'clock because, I don't know, kids go to school or something. Whatever it works for you. Plan letters you need to write. How many of you have written a letter in the last year? An actual physical by-hand letter. That's less than I thought. Okay. Um, plan the verses that you want to teach your children. Plan a visit you want to make. Oh, I really want to go see them. We're going to have to, we're going to, have to schedule that sometime, two years later. Oh, I really want to go talk to them four years later. Oh, I really want to, right? Plan the books you want to read. There is a lady on Facebook, one of our uh, pastor's wives. She has a, like a book reading thing on Facebook. So every year she posts what she read last year, and it just makes me sick. She'll read like hundreds of books, and I'm struggling to get through leadership, okay? It's one book. It takes us months to get through it, and I struggle with it. Um, but probably because I don't plan. I don't plan a time to read in a, a regular book right? A non-Bible book. Um, You have to plan these things. Plan to go talk to a neighbor. Invite them to church. Invite them to connect. Some of you come to my house. Some of you are going to Kennedy's house. Bring them along, okay? Jesus planned for us. He planned a plan that was going to bring us joy. It was going to bring us back to him. It was going to restore our relationship with him. We can emulate him in those ways. doesn't have to be big. It can be a small thing. Make a plan that will help you be ready for when the heavenly light gets shined on you. And hopefully it won't blind you and put you out for however long.
you know, it'll be the easy light that you can follow. We need to plan ahead of time. Preacher? Preacher? 